0: Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? What comes to mind when I say the word ballerina? Well, it certainly doesn't resonate with MS for me. That's why I needed to interview my next guest. Alex Garcia is a ballerina. And she has MS, and I don't understand it. And so one of the things that I needed to do was get in touch with this person and talk to them. Everyone, let's chat it up with Alex. Hi,
1: Alex. How are you today? Hi, Edie. Good morning. I am awesome and just very grateful that I'm here to actually speak and spread the word and awareness about MS. I'm so glad that we were able to connect
0: Alex, let's start off with your diagnosis story. What was going on in your body at that time?
1: Where did it all start? I fell. It was July two thousand eighteen. Supposed to be my ten year high school reunion, which I failed to make because I fell out of bed and I was bumping into walls and the whole nine. My dog, I have a pit bull named Liam. He was there. But I happened to fall, and I was there all by myself in the summer. I wasn't working because it was my first year as a teacher. And I was really scared, so I had to crawl to get my cell phone. And I called my mom and dad because they're the only ones that have the key to my apartment. And they couldn't understand me on the phone. Like, in my head, I knew what I was saying, but it was coming out gibberish. They came, they rushed me over. So we went to several hospitals in New Jersey, and no one knew what happened. So that was very frustrating and scary because in my mind i kept thinking it's not 1918 it's 2018 you know it should be a whole lot quicker to figure this out but for a a good whole month i want to say i fell july 20th 2018 no one could figure it out they gave me steroids i did suffer from some paralysis i went to kessler they got me back up on my feet but when i got back home for a few days I lost my vision and everything again, and I really couldn't even talk, couldn't even communicate. So Holy Name Hospital in Tinek, they said you might have multiple sclerosis. There's a doctor that could probably figure it out over there, and she did. She figured out I have multiple sclerosis, and with the spinal tap test, it shows that I have remitting relapsing. So I have um, lesions on my cerebellum, the back of your brain, which affects your balance and your memory. And I have some on my spinal cord. So that's what least saw on my MRI. But the worst part was I was on a catheter for about a month. And I was ashamed to say this, but this is the the truth. I had diapers and whatnot, and I lost my my dignity. But with a lot of doctors collaborating, they went maverick. They decided to do plasmapheresis. I have a scar somewhere on my neck. They got me back up to wheelchair bounds in order for me to get into Kessler. But at Kessler, six days a week, I had an hour of speech therapy, an hour of physical therapy, and an hour of occupational therapy. I had to relearn how to brush my teeth. I'm a righty, but my right side of my body was way worse the second time around. So I had to brush my teeth with my left, even eat with my left hand, and it's very difficult to do. I don't know if you ever tried to, like, Just play around at home. Let me brush my teeth with the opposite hand. Different. I lost literally everything, I think, physically and spiritually. I wasn't really in a good state of mind. But then when I got home, I changed my diet. My dad did the Nutribullet. Lots of good good goodies in there. And then I did Dairy and gluten Free. And and, um, physical therapists and all the same people, occupational therapists, speech therapists, would come to my house. I got home September... I want to say 14th, 2018, I finally got home. So from July 20th to September 14th, I was, you know. Alex, let's back up
0: just a second. Yeah. What is plasmapheresis? I've never heard of that.
1: Yeah, plasmapheresis, I'm not really sure either. But basically, they had me like sedated, whatever. But the way I got that, I remember I was bed bound. Basically, they put a, a tube in here and it takes out I believe all your white blood cells and like cleans it out. And they were like, it's like filtering it. They did it four days in a row. It was through my neck somewhere over here.
0: Okay. I got yeah. It. That sounds like you got stem cell treatment to me.
1: Basically it's a procedure in which they separate your blood components and they filter your plasma product. Yeah. So they filter plasma from your entire body. They're just filtering, cleaning it out. Wow.
0: Okay. And they did that before or after your diagnosis of MS?
1: This is before I was officially diagnosed because they didn't. Yeah. So my parents, they, they planned everything. They, they did everything for me, even for work. You know, I couldn't return, you know, 2018 September, I'm thinking second year of a teacher. I'm going back. And I was even going for my master's in Jersey City because I'm thinking in my head, eventually I'd be the principal. Eventually I'd be superintendent. When I did get out of the wheelchair, I returned back to work December 2018. Okay. But the next day, I couldn't go to work. It was like every other day. And then I got worse. And I kept reading about MS. You can't be stressed out. And I was getting stressed out. It was frustrating how I kept forgetting so many things. It makes sense. I have lesions on my cerebellum, but that, I don't want to believe that, you know? So I finally came to terms, and last year, June of 2020, I wrote my letter of resignation for the Board of Education and from Keller Williams Realty, and uh, it was tough. On a positive note, I kept saying, who retires at 29? This is awesome, Alexandria, but another part of me felt like, a burden you know i'm in a position where maybe 20 years from now i'm supposed to be taking care of my parents not the other way around i finally i felt good i sold like my first house i lived in the apartment i had my own apartment i bought my own car i would love to drive in i no longer do those things but i always try to keep positive and as a little kid what would young alexandria do young alex would have been like Oh, the chauffeur's taking me, taking me to my appointment. I have friends in high places, Dr. Marianne Cohn, Like, so I make them my friends, you know. I don't want to see as a burden, even when I'm in the waiting room. You know, no one wants to be there, but I'm there. And um, I'm happy, and it feels good when all the staff is actually happy to see me. I think it's almost like I try to refer back when I'm a teacher. You're there talking for all these hours throughout the day, and when you see your student get that hundred on your test, you feel awesome. So that's all I keep trying to do. I want to make my doctors feel awesome and just get an A plus. Very difficult to do, but I'm doing it. I have to stop mourning the old Alex. So
0: let's again back up just yeah. a little bit because you've yeah. given us a lot of information. Oh yeah. So when you were in that state, right? You're bedridden you're trying to get even into the wheelchair you're feeling like you said a burden you're
1: using a catheter what's your mentality at that point to get out of there my 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 entire point was they need to figure this out and not only that a little different because my grandfather my dad's dad he's a quadriplegic paralyzed from the neck down for 50 years and I felt really bad. My dad never knew his dad as a walking man. And I didn't want my dad to relive that again by seeing his daughter there. And I just didn't like the, I don't want to say false hope, but it is the harsh reality that's the facts. You know, they're encouraging my parents to purchase a ramp for this house. They were telling me, you should really consider purchasing your wheelchair. I refused to hear that. I said I prefer renting it. But... You know, they kept saying it's an eighty percent chance you're not getting out of there. That's the reality. So I did my research. When I finally, like, you know, when I got back home, I was reading a lot about ballet. As a little girl, I always wanted to be a ballerina. I did jazz as a kid, and I felt like, you know what? I don't care anymore. There's a part about me where before I was always shy and I didn't really do things I really wanted because you do think about other people. I know I did. And at this point, I was like, you know what? I don't care I've been through the worst what do I have to lose when I literally lost it all I lost my vision like I lost my normal abilities to do normal things and so I called this garden it's called Garden State Ballet down the street from my house in Rutherford called and I said hi I said I used to be a dancer when I was in third grade in jazz I said I did chorus in high school I love to be on stage I said, um, I don't know if it's okay if I could join the class. I have multiple sclerosis. And I even said, I got out of the wheelchair, I want to think, I think October 3rd, 2018. Calls me back up. She's like, please come. I came January 2020, a year and two months after my the wheelchair. I was embarrassed in ballet. I felt like I was in the way. I was the only one. My legs were shaking, like incredible, like shaking because, you know, muscle fatigue. I was holding on to the bar a lot. And i would always tell her i was like listen i don't want to be in the way because i know everybody's like following along but when they see me they mess up she's like you're not in the way but COVID hit so we had to learn it through home in 2020 but then in the summertime she was able to reopen only 12 students could come and i was one of them in an advanced class and she's like i want you there and believe it or not not only all my doctors but she's also part of my success journey she even told me too, she didn't think I would ever make it to point shoes. I didn't think so either. But she said my legs are actually strong enough in my and my ankles. My feet, they're the point they weren't. I wasn't able to walk. Like I was walking on my ankles. It's insane.
0: So how did you get how did you get from the wheelchair
1: to ballet shoes? Like this is an incredible journey, right? My ballet teacher. Jodie Jaron. She, after all my like my doctor's appointments or whatnot, I view her as my physical therapist. There's no excuses. There's no breaks. And one thing I like about ballet, she incorporates a lot of science, and I love that. She goes, "We're gonna do your Achilles tendon now. Your this, this, that." She goes, "Like you're working your left and right brain." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I love this!" And it's all happy. The music there—it's so lively. No one judges you and um, I feel free. She always says when you dance, show a graceful face. She's like, don't show everyone that it's hard. Don't show them it's painful. And I'm like, you know what? That's exactly what I have to do. So after the wheelchair, October 3rd, 2018, no more wheelchair. I didn't even use the walker or the cane because I would get mad looking at it. Like just the sight of it got me really upset. What I did was I practiced every day. I followed YouTube videos. Anna McNulty she's not a ballerina she had um really good stretching workouts and now I'm able to keep up with her I was reading about ballet it helps with your balance with your ataxia, the way you move it helps with your walking and it does it really does things that you know it hasn't fixed which I try with piano is my vision I do have optic neuritis I had Still have inflammation in my eyes i just gotta keep moving forward i got on pointe shoes officially in may of this year so all you do like for instance whatever i do in ballet the m- longest i ever stayed was three and a half hours four times a week the shortest amount of time is like 90 minutes but every day i work out like right now it's summer i'll go in the pool put my water weights on there's also another ballerina i follow very tough, but her workouts are doable. It's trained like a ballerina. She's awesome, and she helps me keep up since I'm not in class. I am very hard on myself. That's one thing my psychologist and all of them tell me, you gotta give yourself a break. I personally can't, I will always tell my kids, it's survival of the fittest. You know, when you see the peacock with the most beautiful tail, he's gonna reproduce the most. So you have to learn to adapt. I can't just be, because I was. I was that very angry person and it's very easy to slip back into that.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your doctor team and then we'll get into nutrition. Who are the doctors that you have on your team in addition to your ballet teacher who seems to be taking on the role of your physical therapist almost?
1: Yes, my number one doctor that completely changed my life is Dr. Mary Ann Pacone. She helped me. Her and Dr. Olar, Olar, she's a neurologist too. She's the one who collaborated with her to get me out of being bed-bound to the wheelchair with the plasma freezes. And um, Marianne Picone, the last time I saw her, I actually went with my point shoes and she started crying and I took a picture with her and I'm gonna be in a magazine at Holy Name Hospital. We'll have to but, keep our eye out for that. So those two yeah. people
0: that you mentioned are both neurologists, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So in addition to your neurologist, who else is on your team?
1: Well, my nurses, I see them every 28 days. I'm seeing them on Friday for my infusion. So your nurses, you
0: say, they infuse you with what? Ty Sabri, And you've been on that for
1: how long? September 14th will be three years. So, and it's working for you. No new lesions since then? No, my lesions have been at bay, same size.
0: Okay, wonderful. That's great. So, you see your neurologist, you have your nurses, and you get your Tisabri infusion. Do you change any other aspect of your
1: life in addition to the medication? My mom always tells me be brutally honest, just tell the truth. It was Dr. Mary Ann Pacone that also referred me to get medicinal cannabis, and that's one of my medications. I'm embarrassed to speak about it because I feel like, as a retired teacher and realtor, it's like, you just shouldn't. It looks down upon. But that's what helps me. It alleviates a lot of my pain. It takes away the Tin Man feeling, the stiffness feeling, and it gets me back to the Younger Alexandria. That's why I do ballet. This helps me with working out and whatever I do. I don't know if it's a mental thing, but physically, I don't feel any pain. Yeah. It just helps you get through your day. Listen, you do
0: not need to feel shame or apologize for anything that is helping you. Right. And we have the ability to get that because it helps you. If if it wasn't that way, then we wouldn't have the ability and access to it. So thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to what you're saying. So you're doing the Tysabri, you're using the medical
1: cannabis. I take oxybutynin for my bladder because okay. that's still an issue. And my psychologist and psychiatrist, I think the Prozac is a, also like a a big helper for me. Okay. So you see a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Yes. So what does each doctor help you with? My psychiatrist, he just helps me like getting how I feel and whatnot and, and trying to find the right medication for me. And he's actually very happy. He thinks I made a great improvement. He said, when I first came in, he said, you're very angry. But my psychologist, he helps me mentally because I'm still like always venting like what frustrated me this week. So tell us more about
0: your diet and how you use that as medication also.
1: Yeah, I was reading about intermittent fasting and it makes sense. If you go back to like I always go back to like science, maybe because that's my background. But think of of our ancestors or when we came as cavemen. We didn't always eat in abundance, you know? We ate to live, not live to eat. I had to learn how to, I was a big foodie person. Anything, you name it, I ate it, and I loved it. I keep thinking, your body craves sugar. But what I do now, like officially for the past year, I finally got it down packed. I don't eat anything until 11 a.m., but I do drink. I drink my water and my coffee, you know, just liquids. And I take my vitamins, all on an empty stomach. I eat my hearty breakfast, like uh, literally, like a pound of fruit. Like, I'm the fruit monster in my house. And I don't know if you saw my pictures on Instagram. I always put it on my story, but a lot of fruit. And it's all organic. The Dairy Queen by my house, they have one option now for dairy free it's vanilla. It's a good tree, right?
0: I mean, it's a good tree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's even a bakery by my house. It's so delicious. They actually have. Gluten and dairy-free, vegan. I'm like, I can indulge? This is awesome. I just try to focus on the positive. Oh, by the way, you see how I'm speaking to you and it's like 9 a.m. or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Fast forward 12 hours at 9 o'clock at night. The Alex that's talking to you, I wouldn't sound the same. My voice actually gets tired and I can't even speak. And then um, I have to make sure I'm in bed because then I won't be able to go up the stairs. It's that insane so rest is a really
0: big thing for you too i would guess huge yeah you've made so many changes in your life due to the ms but you just keep such a positive attitude and really you're seeking out so many avenues to support you and help you and that's why i believe alex that you are such a thriver because you could have easily said no i'm defeated i'm in this chair and this is it for me but you didn't want that for yourself. And I mean, you weren't just a biology teacher. You were a, real, a realtor also like very driven. And you told me, I think that you wanted to be famous someday.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I always did, you know? And um, everything I did, like, I worked with awesome people. I had incredible opportunities everywhere. And um, I just feel like in a good way, I don't regret not having MS. Like, I believe everything happens for a reason. And I think it's time for me to live my best life. You know, I've been thinking about in high school, I always wanted to be in the plays. I did chorus, but I was just too embarrassed. And then um, my family, they're like, Well, pay for you, doctor or lawyer. I was like, I always love science. So I did pre-med and undergrad. I volunteered a lot of hospitals, but I always wanted to be a teacher. And it's funny, I, my, old, my old yearbook, my middle school yearbook, I put, I want to be a science teacher. I feel like I accomplished everything. It wasn't as long. And I was realizing you can't be in a rut. The same hamster wheel, whatnot, the whole working eight hours. I can't do that anymore. The old Alex could. I still reminded of her every day. I think I did take better care of myself more than I ever did now because I don't have to worry about that anymore. What brings you the most joy in your life, Alex? The most joy, I gotta say... I love making people laugh. I love laughing. Just saying my dad always says, a challenging and active life is a happy and prosperous life. Oh, say it again. A challenging and active life is a happy and prosperous life. Your dad is very
0: wise. Because, you know, if we don't challenge and stretch ourselves, we're not going to grow and learn. I'm going to have to write that down and, and use it. That's really great. So we know what brings you joy in your life and the laughter. So what is it that is next for you? What's, what's coming up next?
1: Coming up next? I honestly don't know. My sister, she just wrote her first book on my grandfather. So she's like, part two is you. So I know that's coming up. Abigail Simon, beautiful, awesome ballerina. I'm actually going to attend her classes next week. So I will be dancing in Manhattan. It's just like, you know, not really dancing. It's just training for ballet. Yes, but that yeah. is, right? I Look know. at the smile on your face too. I know. I'm so excited. I really am. This is w- my dream. Yes,
0: it's so wonderful. Um. I-, I can't imagine going from where you were to where you are now and you're not, you're actively pursuing these things, right? They're not coming to you. I know we don't know each other too much, so I hate to use this word, but
1: seriously, proud of you. I'm proud of you too. Like you're connecting us all and I feel comfortable expressing myself to you. And and when I first, that whole summer felt like, um, I don't know if you ever got stung by a jellyfish. I did in Puerto Rico mm. as a kid, but it felt like I got stung by a jellyfish like inside I had crazy nerve pain everywhere. The physical changes that you've made in your body have probably
0: attributed the DMT, the definitely the dancing, the balance and movement that you do every day, definitely attributed. And also your diet changes that sound like you're pretty committed to that. I'm sure you have some tips for people, simple things maybe that have helped you get to where you are right now because literally people aren't gonna believe this. I'm gonna have to share pictures.
1: Free to share everything. Okay, thank you. My tips is really try to be positive with everything. Even if you have to put good music on. I like playing classical music. That's what keeps me active. Even if I'm in like a not in the best mood, my mom, she starts blasting whatever she likes and I get in a better, is a better frequency there. You gotta get out of your mind. You gotta find the outlet I'm now doing laundry once a week by myself. You know, I try not to get upset when I take a shower, for instance, because I have handrails. I don't take baths. You gotta learn to adapt. It's all happening. It's all
0: a bunch of mindset, right? Anything like that is gonna really boost your confidence. Yeah. Thank you for those couple of tips. Alex, before we go, I want, people are going to want to reach out to you. They want to see your progress. And so what would you like
1: to share with people about where they can find you? Feel free to always find me on Instagram and Twitter. My Twitter is a bit more realistic. I just share, you know, the facts about MS. My Instagram is more of my happy side. You see how I really live my life. Andrea, how, what are
0: you, what's your link? What's your at sign for Instagram?
1: for Instagram, on Instagram, Alexandria, Gem, I'm a Gemini. All yeah. right. Yeah. You were
0: talking about everybody's um, astrological sign at the hospital. So I like that, right? That Cause good. that's something unique about you too. I'm glad you shared that with us.
1: I am a Capricorn. What do you know Yay! about Capricorns? Well, this is what I think of Capricorns. You guys will make it to the top, no matter what crazy obstacles are thrown your way, you get it done. And. You guys don't, I gotta say, all the Capricorns I know, they don't harp on the hardships. They know life already comes with hardships. And you just keep doing it. They say you represent the goat climbing up that mountain, and you do. Now, what about the Gemini? Geminis, they say 50% of Hollywood are full of
0: Geminis. (laughs) (laughs) There's your famous person stuff. Yeah,
1: you have Mayor Monroe... My birthday twin, Angelina Jolie, yeah, Gemini's we um, like to communicate, share information. We actually represent the kids of the Zodiac. They say Peter Pan represents Gemini. Yeah. We could be a little selfish sometimes Yeah, never want to grow up. We're like, we like to play. That's how I like to learn. That's why I feel about ballet and the piano.
0: I can't wait to see um, what's coming up next for you. I'm excited to hear about the classes in Manhattan and hear how that goes. Please make sure you update us because we want to follow your journey, not just with ballet, but in what's next for you. Thank you so much for joining me on Thriving Over
1: Surviving. You are a hashtag thriver for sure. Thank you, Edie. Seriously, you are too. And your smile is contagious. I love all of your posts. Like you're, you always... You know, radiate that happiness. Thanks, friend. It is definitely
0: mutual, and this community does it for me. It comes back around to you. I believe what you put out in the universe is what you're going to get back at you. And if I can stay positive, then hopefully I will get positivity back. And you are one of those positive influences. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. Keep thriving.